Good morning, pile. How you doing? Seven o'clock. Thanks for starting your Thursday morning with us. Jim Davis and the Buckeye Boy. From the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. Nuggets absolutely dismantling the Suns last night. And I get it. And Michael Malone gets it too. There was no Chris Paul, DeAndre Aiden, Devin Booker. He, it was he like gets the Suns G League team. He gets that. And you'll hear from Coach Malone, a little post Malone coming up in, in a while. He gets that. But the night before they beat Golden State, Phoenix did. Without those guys. And so it would have been very easy for the Nuggets to go. All the big guns are out. Right. We got this. Yeah. Just and, take a breath. And just kind of cruise and, and maybe limp to a win or, or end up losing on your home floor mm-hmm. on national TV. He talks about immaturity. We'll play the clip here in, in, in a moment. Michael Malone talks about the maturity of this basketball team. That was a mature basketball team last night. They went out and methodically dismantled Phoenix and, and not giving a rip that those guys weren't there and going, okay, well, we can, we can take it easy tonight. Right. They, they did not play that way. They played with great intensity last night on both ends of the floor. Bones Highland was brilliant off the bench. Nikola Jokic almost, what, his 13th triple-double of the season last Something night? Like Came that, up yeah. in a one shy. I think he had nine assists last night, 18 boards, 21 points. And, and Denver played great on both ends of the floor last night. And that could have very easily been a game where they let up. And they did not. So Nuggets remain tied with Memphis atop the Western Conference standings. See if the Avalanche can kind of get something going here. They got Chicago tonight in Chicago in the Windy City. Coming up later on this morning, not at his normal time because he is in L.A. Mm-hmm. Oh, it'd be normal 720, but it'll be 720 Pacific. Exactly. Mark Johnson joined us at 8.20 this morning. Mm-hmm. Where I saw on Facebook, I think he ran into Spencer Dinwiddie out in L.A. I think a couple of, I forgot who else. Nice. Former buff. There was a picture of Mark with a couple of former buffs. I think one of them was Spencer Dinwiddie. So uh, Mark Johnson will join us. We'll have Colorado Buffaloes basketball tonight on the team. Let me take on USC pregame for that 630 tonight. So a busy show. Montrose boys basketball coach Ryan Volringer will join us. Of course, the Red Hawks in the top 10 right now in 4A. Coming off that one again Central. They have Palisade tomorrow night. Bulldogs. We talked with Corey Hitchcock yesterday. Palisades coach. They're playing really well right now. Mm-hmm. Coming off a phenomenal defensive game against uh, Rifle and a home win on Saturday. So we have that. A whole lot more coming up this morning. Also the news that the Broncos interviewed David Shaw. Former Stanford coach. For the uh, Broncos coaching position. Yeah, that kind of was out of nowhere. A little bit like Jim Caldwell. Yeah. More that, out of nowhere. Yeah, exactly. So we'll we'll dive into that more at the top of the 8 o'clock hour. At least Jim Caldwell. You're like, oh, okay. yeah. I mean, it wasn't a surprise because Caldwell and, right. and Shaw's name had been brought up because of the Stanford connection. 
to the Pinners and to Condoleezza Rice. So it's that's not a, a a big shock, but it's you're not hearing some of these names like you normally would, right? That hey, mm-hmm. they're going to talk to so and so on Thursday. It's like oh, they already they already talked right. to David Shaw or whatever. So they're um, playing it fairly close to the vest, aren't they? Yes. Which that's fine. I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah. that's I mean that's their prerogative to do that. They don't have to announce from the rooftops that, uh, that who they're going to interview. But uh, David Shaw has been, according to reports from the Athletic, the Broncos interviewing uh, David Shaw, former Stanford coach. So lots to get to on the program this morning, and um, of course uh, your chance to play the Piles' favorite game on a Thursday, which is of course we'll have that coming up later on this morning. So a text or call us 970-242-1340. I did see this that um, my age, it kind of it resonates. The death of Charles White, the former uh, USC Heisman Trophy winner that um, 64. Don't know what he passed away from at this point, at least in the story that I'm looking at. But uh, Charles White... Uh, from 76 to 79, 6,245 rushing yards, 49 touchdowns. USC won the national championship in 1978 when he was on that team. Led the NCAA in rushing yardage twice. 79, not a bad year. No. 2,050 yards, 19 touchdowns, and he became USC's third Heisman Trophy winner. And then played for the Browns. NFL career did not go any anywhere close to being as successful obviously no. as a collegiate player with the Browns, the Rams finished his career with a little over 3000 yards and 24 touchdowns. But uh good enough college career to be inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame in 1996. So like I said we don't know what he passed away from, but we do know that uh, Charles White, former Heisman Trophy winner at USC has passed away. So Got some thoughts about David Shaw interviewing for the Broncos job. Because David Shaw kind of followed the... He was on Jim Harbaugh's staff mm-hmm. before when Harbaugh went to San Francisco and then David Shaw got the chance to be the head coach at Stanford of the emphasis on run game and defense. That he... You know, I did 12 years at uh, Stanford. He won 96 games and made eight bowl appearances during that time. You know, the resume is not quite as glitzy, obviously, as Jim Harbaugh, who's mm-hmm. taken Michigan to back-to-back college football playoffs, semifinals, took the 49ers to a Super Bowl. But David Shaw, why, why, why he would make some sense if they hire him? Like I said, the relationship... The Stanford relationship with the Pinners, Greg and and Kerry, Condoleezza Rice. You know what? So it makes some sense that they know him. They feel comfortable with David Shaw, kind of like Harbaugh. There, there's there's a relationship going back many many years, and so there's a comfort level there. Mm-hmm. Forget anything about you know scheme or whatever. Just they they know each other, and you tend to gravitate toward people that you know. That you have had a relationship with, that you you get each other. There's a, that comfort level that exists. 
Not to say that Jim Caldwell didn't blow their, you know, knock their socks off yesterday, or Ajiro Vero, or whoever else, Sean Payton, who they're going to interview. But immediately when you're talking about the two Stanford guys, there is that little bit of a leg up, right? Mm-hmm. Because of that previous relationship. Yeah, probably. Now, what about from a culture standpoint? It's going to be very similar, like I said, because he is a chip off the the old block there a little bit. He's been mm-hmm. molded by his time around Jim Harbaugh that it's going to be run game and defense. And what was Stanford always known for? Tough physical football. Yeah. But they also he had Andrew Luck at quarterback. And they threw it around with Andrew Luck at quarterback. A little bit. And so it's not like that for David Shaw, it's always been, you know, and Davis Mills, who's now the quarterback in Houston for now. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've had guys that throw the football. And but they're always the emphasis was running the football and stopping the run. They also did emphasize play action pass, big chunk plays, working out of the play action because that run game being so good. So it, it makes some sense. You know, Shaw was the offensive coordinator, Harbaugh. Okay, think about this for a moment. Okay. What if they get the band back together? What if David Shaw's okay being an OC? Being Jim Harbaugh's OC again. Call Andrew Luck. See if you can wiggle <laughs> CMC away from the Niners. Yeah. Get get the band really get back together. the band together. back together. But, just, but think about that for a moment. No Stanford, no contract. Could that be a possibility here? I'm just I'm just thinking out loud this morning of uh, you know David Shaw interviewed for the head coaching job. Let's you know let's focus on that first. Right. But he seems like the kind of guy that might be yeah, I'm okay, I'm okay being mm-hmm. an OC. I'm okay with that. I'm okay working again with with Jim. Not a lot of people have been able to always necessarily say that. About working with Jim Harbaugh? No, not very many people seem to like Jim Harbaugh. How is that? Is that a crazy notion that the David Shaw would be okay? Yeah, I'll, I'll be the OC. Worse than Jim Harbaugh? Well, not that bad. I don't. I I don't know if it's going to happen or not. It's just a a thought that you know you have these two guys that have worked together before. Mm-hmm. Say Harbaugh gets the job. Because it's not going to work the other way around. It's not going to be, hey, Jim, you want to come here? And no, 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 no. Not in a trillion years. But Sh- I can see Shaw. wasn't really ever a coordinator. He got no. the USD job. And then he's been a head coach ever since. Yeah, he never looked back. He's, he's always been a head coach. You know, Shaw has worked in the NFL. Nine seasons in the league. Quality control coach for the Eagles in 97. Was at the Raiders from 98 to 2000. Then he was the quarterbacks coach of the Raiders in 01. He also coached quarterbacks and receivers for the Ravens 2002 to 2004 before being a receivers coach in 2005. And so he he has spent significant time and not mm-hmm. and not just a, you know, quality control guy or something. He was that at one point, but he 
but he was elevated to other positions. So he has spent time in the NFL. He knows the ins and outs of the league. He's coached at that level. And so that he's different than your your average college coach that maybe has always been a college coach and never, you know, never has never touched, you know, the NFL. Mm-hmm. David Shaw does have that experience. And he's your coach in waiting five years down the road when Jim Harbaugh goes back to college. Absolutely. Kind kind of like <laughs> what happened at Stanford, at Stanford where when he it, went to the NFL. Exactly. I mean, there because Shaw's fifty. He's he's not like he's right sixty seven or seventy or he's fifty years old. He's and you heck can of a lot younger than Jim Harbaugh because Jim decade he just turned fifty nine. Yeah, Jim's a l- couple of years older than me, and and so yeah, you could you could see where maybe the the Stanford model becomes the Broncos model in terms of style of play for this football team. And having the backup plan that David Shaw comes on board. He's the OC, it's associate head coach. You give him that title. They hire Harbaugh. Mm-hmm. And then, because come on, the, the Penners and Condoleezza Rice have to know at some point, as you love to call him, big dumb khakis, that's going to wear thin with people. And you're right. They'll be looking for another head coach. Yeah. This get this does afford the opportunity, assuming this is what David Shaw wants. And we I don't know, maybe David Shaw's ego is bigger than hey, look, I coach college football, went to eight bowl games. I I I think I really want to be the head coach and I want to be a head coach now, not not five years down the road. Right. But he also could very well be okay with that that idea of of I'm gonna be the OC. I'll be associate coach. I've I've got a position in this organization. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be here for a while, like, and, there, and there's and it provides continuity because you know at some point he will he would probably be the head coach of this football team. And I guess if he really absolutely wanted to be a head coach this season, he could have stayed at Stanford. Could have, you know. But when he says he doesn't really want to do that at college, how's he going to want to do that at the NFL? You know what I mean? Be a head coach? Yeah. Yeah, I, and I don't know if it's just maybe he's got an itch to scratch. He, he wants the challenge of coaching the NFL. He feels like this is the time to do it at the age of 50. But I could, I don't know. I Maybe it's a wacky, wacky idea, but it it just kind of came together to me looking at, you know, with them interviewing Shaw and El Harbaugh. Mm-hmm. Could that be the formula that the Pinner-Walton group implements going forward i i can kind of see that maybe coming together because maybe david shaw like i said doesn't seem to be a guy with a big big ego right just doesn't obviously harbaugh is and that shaw would be more agreeable to that scenario than maybe the average coach would be because most of the guys look you if you're a giro vero i don't want to be i don't want to be a a coordinator for five years I, I want to be a I want to be a head coach at some point. If you're you know that that's part of of his plan moving forward, and understandably so, he's a young guy. David Shaw might be just more willing to to sit back and and have have the continuity and the comfort of knowing this ownership group is kind of investing in him mm-hmm. long term. Well, and I think that you know with 
the lifetime coordinators and sometimes they're not great head coaches. Do we know for 100% fact that Ajero Vero wants to be a head coach? You know, like I know he's not going to want to sit around for seven years under Harbaugh and then David Shaw. We we make the assumption you know, because he, he that's he the said, assumption that everybody that gets into coaching aspires to the very very tippy top, and a lot of cases that's true. But he might be okay being that career, you know, a coordinator who never be. has that knock on his resume. I think that's going to be something more to keep an eye on going forward. And I'm not saying it's necessarily Jero Avero is going to be the standard bearer and lead that charge, but. I just he could be he I, could be initially when you said I, it kind of the the knee jerk reaction is to dismiss out of hand the Harbaugh to David Shaw handoff right because it's like really I they just they did that and I don't know if somebody would want to work with Jim Harbaugh for that long maybe he's tired of Jim Harbaugh and maybe that's just my personal bias but, but they've also but not it's worked not ridiculous to, but they also have not worked together for a very long time that's true it may reset the clock of annoyance yeah and. And they could very well be they the the Pinner Walton folks could be his only they, friend. We don't they, know. They they under they understand probably what they're getting into. They know what they're getting into with Harbaugh, mm-hmm. and they're probably better equipped to deal with him than most ownership groups because right. because they have a relationship with him. But even really good relationships can turn sour, and at some point that could very well turn sour five years down the road. Right, and and this gives them. The continuity of of a guy with a similar coaching mindset, mm-hmm. who's younger, who can once it burns out with Harbaugh, like they did at Stanford, take the torch and run with it. I don't. I mean, I I just it's just to me, it's sitting there just kind of going. Well, they've done this before. Mm-hmm. Both these guys are interviewing. Who's to say that it w- couldn't happen again? Right. And would would and would it be a terrible thing? I don't think it'd be a terrible thing. I don't think it'd be a terrible thing. And as far as Jim Harbaugh on his own, I know Ryan Harris put out was yesterday on Twitter, like remind me again what has Jim Harbaugh won? And it's nothing. He's, He's won, won a championship. Nothing. But I got to thinking about it a little bit. Of the Super Bowl, and that's what he's getting at, I'm sure. Super Bowl or national championship winning head coaches. The only one right now that is, honest to goodness, available. The most recent Super Bowl winning head coach that's, quote-unquote, available is Tom Coughlin. Yeah, who's not going to be coming back to coaching. He's done. He's retired. And that was 10 years ago, 11 years ago. Because McVay still technically... The Rams head coach. Bruce Arians right. works for the Bucks. Andy Reid's not going anywhere. Bill Belichick's not going anywhere. Doug Peterson is fully entrenched in Jacksonville right now. And then you have Gary Kubiak. He's not coming back. Okay, I guess maybe he's available. He's he technically so he would Gary, be, Gary be on the list. Yeah, he'd be on yeah, the list. He'd be the most recent because then you got Carroll and John Harbaugh, and then it's Tom Coughlin. Mike McCarthy with the Packers. Then you get to Sean Payton, who's not available. They'll be so, interview him, but not at the moment, not if available. If you're looking yeah. at coaches that oh, I need a Super Bowl winning head coach, like, okay, who? Yeah. Kubiak? Run that back? Get that may, band back may, together? Maybe, but 
there, he didn't want to do it more than two years the first time there, around. There was no, there's been no indication Gary Kubiak has any interest in coming back to coach. He can't be healthier, eight years older, can he? I, you know, I read a piece, you know, on Bruce Arians because it's like, hey, we all there's a lot of jobs out there, and mm-hmm. maybe you know, going back to the Bucks at some point. And Bruce Arians is kind of like, no, I'm, I'm good with where I'm at. Yeah, he's had health issues, and he's fine where he's at in this stage of his life. Mike McCarthy might be available in four days. Possibly. And if you're the Broncos, do you want to interview Mike McCarthy? If that if that does happen. I, I don't know. But I, I just think that there is some merit to what I'm throwing out there. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's going to happen. Right. But don't you kind of just go, hmm, that's interesting. It's kind of curious. Okay. I could I could see that maybe coming together and maybe being the plan. My my only drawback to that would be if you're Greg Penner, why try something in the NFL that failed in college? If it's championships. And yeah, we I, know the fan base and by ex- a certain extent the ownership is championships or failure. I wouldn't say it failed. They didn't win a championship, but there was success there. Granted that, right? I mean, it's not; it wasn't national championship, right. but Stanford for the for the good but for chunk, the, the good expectation of, yeah. of what they're going to do yeah. now. Yeah, it has not been successful. It has it's not resulted in a championship. But but then why you know why consider Jim Caldwell? Why you know why consider Dan Quinn? I mean, if you're if you're going to do that, I know, you know I'm with why, you. Yeah, why consider any of those guys? Because the rap on Dan Quinn is well, they they. Blew the lead mm-hmm. twenty eight to three in the Super Bowl. Right. Why are you gonna hire that guy? And, and Jim Caldwell. Not, Jim Caldwell got fired by Detroit. Why yeah. are you gonna hire that guy? He it's, lost. You know, it's not just me making it up. It goes back to the Ryan Harris tweet, right? Yeah. Like Jim Harbaugh, who's one of the best candidates out there, is well. Remind me what his yeah. he won. And we love Ryan. Ryan's right. We like friend, Ryan. He's friend, friend of the program. Friend of the program. You know, but it it is. Then why are you talking to these guys? Why why are you interviewing anybody but Coughlin, Gary Kubiak, <laughs> exactly? You know, that avoid Super Bowl. Mike but, Shanahan. Yeah, Mike's available. Tony Dungy, Bill Cowher, call those guys. Wasn't that long ago the Broncos were kind of hey, maybe Mike would want to come back and mm-hmm. do this again. Dick Vermeil, <laughs> Brian Billick. I'm just looking at Super Bowl winning coaches. Vermeil would be a hoot. Dick's what eighty some now, hundred, yeah. But I remember watching him when he got inducted in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Dude, still super, He's super energetic. Eighty six, super energetic. Um, no, I'm not saying no. You're not going to hire Dick Vermeil at eighty six to be the Broncos head coach, but. I respect the guy who still has. He's mm-hmm. pushing ninety, and he still is energetic. Yeah, and as sharp as he is. I don't know. I just, pile. I'm just curious. Your thoughts about my theory today? I just, you get into a weird spot when you're Ryan Harris and you're like, well, what have these guys ever won? Well, then what are you doing here? <laughs> the the white talking to these guys. Because right. there's maybe five guys that are not under contract to somebody else. Or let's go to, let's go to college. Okay. Why aren't you calling Saban? Why aren't you calling Dabo? Why aren't you calling Kirby Smart? Mm-hmm. Why aren't you calling Kirby? Yeah. Urban, Meyer, Urban Wire won a national championship. How'd that <laughs> yeah, work out? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, 
But I mean, if you're if you're talking about championship coaches, yeah, do you not cast your net to the college ranks and mm-hmm. ask to talk to Dabo Sweeney? Yeah, Kirby guys Smart. that are guy Kirby Smart, guys that have won national championships, particularly Kirby Smart, mm-hmm. top of your list, right? Yeah, Saban's kind of damaged goods when it comes to the NFL, and so I don't know, but I think you'd be dumb to not talk to Nick Saban, right? Even with what happened At least in Miami, make the phone call exactly. I think you'd be just rid- to get a no. <laughs> so stop asking. Click. Remember that sideline exchange? Exactly. I'm having a tough enough time right now. Yeah. It's like have you seen my wide receiver room? It's not very it's good. Not right good. Now. Losing my quarterback. Losing. Yeah, losing Anderson. Losing everybody. It's not good. It's not good. All right, seven twenty-five. And if you got some thoughts about a a Harbaugh. Shaw reunion. This time not in Palo Alto, but in Denver. Text or call us 970-242-1340. Getting the band back together. That's right, getting the band back together. Call baby. It Andrew Luck. <laughs> Probably off surfing somewhere. Skiing. He's on a mountaintop meditating. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't I don't know what he's Painting. doing these days. He's taking his kids to school. Just living life. Yeah. Whatever he's doing. Living his best life. Yep. Out there coaching up uh, Summit football. <laughs> Getting ready for, yeah, Summit football season. Mm-hmm. All right, time for... What's happening? Start out with good news about uh, DeMar Hamlin, Buffalo Bills safety, released from the hospital yesterday. He is back at home. It's Thank crazy. goodness. An incredible, crazy, crazy. an incredible recovery for DeMar Hamlin just about a week after going into cardiac arrest in that Monday night game. At Cincinnati. Nuggets posted a dominating home win and blasting Phoenix 126 to 97 last night. A ball arena. Denver big man Nikola Jokic dazzled once again with 21 points, 18 rebounds, and nine assists. Bones Highland paced the Nuggets off the bench with 21 points and five three pointers. The Suns without three of their stars and Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and DeAndre Ayton. Nuggets coach Michael Malone pleased with the focus of his team. Well, I just saw another example of us being mature. And uh, as I kept on telling our players in the huddle, it's not about them. You know, let's do what we do. Regardless of who's playing for the other team, regardless of who the other team is, we have a job to do. We've won 12 straight at home. We're playing really good basketball. And let's not forget why. Denver remains atop the uh, Western Conference standings tied with Memphis. Both those teams at 28-13. and 13. Tonight, the Avalanche trying to shake off that loss to Florida. They take on the Blackhawks in Chicago. Tonight on the team this evening, it's University of Colorado men's basketball. Buffalo's in L.A. to score off against USC. Mark Johnson will join us at 820 this morning from L.A. Pre-game for that one, 630 tonight. As we mentioned, the athletic reporting that the Broncos interviewed former Stanford coach David Shaw. Also the Broncos interviewing Jim Caldwell, former Indianapolis Colts and Detroit Lions head coach. We had Miley Sports Cody Rourke with us. He says, don't be surprised if Caldwell might be the one on the sidelines in Denver coming up this fall. Very, very qualified. I would not be shocked if he suddenly emerges as the top guy for the job. But I don't think you're going to hear anything in the media. I think that internally this will be something where we're like, all right, hey, he's our top guy. Let's interview these other guys and see if that changes. So the Broncos coaching search continues. More interviews scheduled, including Sean Payton after the 17th. The Palisade boys basketball team is 7-5 and and on a two-game winning streak. Palisade came back from the holiday break with wins over Summit and Rifle. Holding the Bears just 19 points. Palisade has got more offense from players not named Josh Zoto as the team's leading scorer. Bulldogs head coach Corey Hitchcock says the last few games has seen more balance, and that's one of the things that is improving for the team as a whole. 
We've been getting a little bit more balance in our scorebook. You know, I've been really pleased with that, that we're sharing the rock a little bit more and we're finding guys. And I think that's going to make us stronger as a basketball team offensively. And then I would just say the accountability aspect of our team, taking pride in holding each other accountable has been a big thing. Bulldogs play at Montrose tomorrow night. You can hear coverage of that game on 95.7 The Monkey here in the Valley, 93.5 in Montrose. We'll have girls coverage at uh, 545. They'll tip it at 6, the boys at 730 tomorrow night. The Central Warriors wrestling team continues to have a strong season after winning the jackpot duels Wednesday night at Fruto Monument. The Warriors scored 151 points to top the Wildcats, 131.5 points. Grand Junction finished third with 95 points, with Palisade taking fourth with 53 points. Colorado Mason men's basketball team had maybe their best weekend of the season, beating Shattering State and Colorado Christian by a combined 33 points. Now it's a tough road trip to South Dakota to take on Black Hills State Friday and South Dakota Mines on Saturday. The Yellow Jackets added Western State transfer Matthew Ragsdale to an already dangerous offense. And Mavericks head coach Mike DeGeorge says seeing how that is mixing together will be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how Ragsdale fit in because Scott has done so many things to make his teammates better at both ends of the floor. And then you add Musa, their point guard. P.J. Hayes is like a stretch four. Those three have kind of made them go. And then to add Ragsdale with that, he's done a really nice job of just kind of fitting in. A game tomorrow night will be a rematch of their South Central Region finale in the Sweet 16 of the Division II tournament. Mavericks play in South Dakota tomorrow night against Black Hill State here on the Team CMU Sports Network. Women's pregame at 4.45. The men will tip it off at 7 o'clock tomorrow night for that one. Colorado Mesa Women's Swimming and Diving has once again swept the Armac Weekly Awards. Mavericks sophomore diver Kira Apodaca won the award for the fourth time this season with freshman swimmer Ada Quinnell winning her first Armac honor. Apodaca took third in the three-meter board and fourth in the one-meter board at the University of Utah. Quinnell placed second in two events and third in three others. Colorado Mesa has hired Mark Ryan to be the school's new strength and conditioning coach. Ryan has been an assistant strength and conditioning coach at CMU the last nine years. He's worked with every men's and women's program at the school and has been an elite trainer and director of fitness at Mesa Fitness. And that's what's happening. All right, we'll take a break. Sound check coming up. Also, we will talk with the head coach of the Montrose Red Hawks boys basketball team, Ryan Vohringer. But uh, we'll also look back at last night's Nuggets win Knocking off the Suns at Ball Arena last night. That's on the way next on the Jim Davis Show. First of all, it's hilarious. Warped, twisted individuals. Yes. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Welcome back. 734, Jim and the Buckeye Boy. Broncos interviewed a Stanford coach, well, former Stanford coach David Shaw yesterday. He worked with Jim Harbaugh before Harbaugh left to go to the NFL. Could that could that uh, duo reunite in Denver? David Shaw is the offensive coordinator. Jim Harbaugh is the head coach. Got some thoughts on that today. Text or call us 970-242-1340. Last night, Denver Nuggets with an impressive win on national TV. Game you heard on the team last night. Nuggets uh, blasting the Suns 126 to 97. Nikola Jokic, 21 points, 18 rebounds, and nine assists last night. Bones Highland paced the Nuggets off the bench with 21 points and five three pointers. And last night, Bones Highland talking about his big night against the Suns. I know, like, my teammates hitting shots, I feel like they give me, you know, they get me excited, they get me, you know, ready for the next shot if it come to me. I know, like, it, I'm, I'm going to knock it down with the energy that I'm having. So, you know, I feel like when my teammates is, 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 is shooting the ball really good, I know if the next one come to me and I'm open, it, it got to be bottoms. 
really was feeling it, man. Uh, the basket felt like a it was really a really wide basket, uh, like a shooting rock in the ocean. And uh, I know once Joe passed it to me, it was going up. And I also seen the dude like uh, keep backpedaling. I don't know what for, but I was I was going to fire that. A little bit of a scary moment last night. Jamal Murray rolled his ankle. Michael Malone said that looks like it's going to be okay. It's nothing serious, mm-hmm. but anytime. Jamal Murray has something like that occurred immediately with the course missing almost an entire year yeah. with a knee injury at the ACL tear that immediately you get a little concerned. Speaking of Michael Malone, some post Malone on his team's win last night over the Suns. Thought offensively we got off to a good start. Defense wasn't there in that first quarter. I think they shot 52. Uh, but after that, I thought the defense was much better. Um, but, you know, just proud of our guys for, you know, you look across the bench. And uh, you see, you know, no Chris Paul, no Devin Booker, no Landry Shamit, campaign, Cam Johnson, DeAndre Ayton. And, uh, you know, sometimes you can relax. And I think them beating Golden State last night probably helped us to not underestimate this team. And, um, you know, they're undermanned. You know what I mean? And obviously they're going to get healthy. And then when they do get healthy, we know what that team is capable of. All right, there's Michael Malone mentioned that uh, Nikola Jokic 21 points, 18 rebounds, 9 assists, almost had his 13th triple-double of the season. The 21 from Bones Highland off the bench with the five threes last night. Got 16 points from Jamal Murray before he left with that uh, ankle injury. Zeke Naji off the bench with 15 points last night for Denver. Aaron Gordon had 12, 11 for Michael Porter Jr. Contavious Caldwell-Pope had 15 points last night. Nuggets played well, and like Michael Malone said, it's the maturity that he saw from his team last night of knowing that Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton, Devin Booker were out and to go out and play the way they did on both ends of the floor. One of the areas that they mentioned last night in the broadcast, how Denver's improved in terms of their defensive metrics, most notably in the fourth quarter of games. Within like five minutes, they're one of the top three teams defensively over the last couple of weeks in the fourth quarter with like five minutes to go, which I mean, these are kind of niche numbers, but that's a crucial stage of the game in the yeah. NBA, five minutes left to go in the game, and the Nuggets have been one of the better defensive teams. Nuggets get the L.A. Clippers uh, coming up tomorrow night. All right, 737, Jim along with the Buckeye Boy, and it's time right now for sound check. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story, and I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. I came across this on the Team Sports Network yesterday. Marcellus Wiley on the Dan Patrick Show told a uh, great, eh, question mark, <laughs> quotes, great story about uh, a hazing incident he maybe took part in as a member of the Bills. The worst fight. Um, It actually ended with a smile. You know, when we used to play, we were allowed to haze, and the hazing was real. So Ted Washington, nicknamed Mount Washington, 6'6", 370, his fingers look like thighs, um, got into it <laughs> with Pat Williams, who's a baby Mount Washington, um, Thurman Thomas, uh, who else? Bruce Smith got one arm in there. He didn't want to. Basically, they tied him up, and this is hard to do because Pat Williams was stronger than strong. Tied him up butt naked <laughs> in the Buffalo code and taped them to the goalpost, poured water on them, baby powder, and let them freeze. And left them to freeze, but thankfully we had the good training staff that finally figured out what was going on. That was the funniest, most raucous fight I've ever seen. That might be a violation now. 
<laughs> Might be a violation. Might be. I, I think with our PC culture right now, uh, you don't even get to the baby powder. That might get you five <laughs> days in jail if you even baby powder someone. Baby powder doused him in water and stuck him outside in Buffalo in the winter. Yeah, I think the, the worst thing that guys that I po- played with did was taping your lock. They take the athletic tape and they tape your lock up, your combination lock up mm-hmm. before practice. Like you go in there and you get ready to dr- dress out. And so you got to go find scissors and you, c- you got to cut the tape off and then you're late to practice and then you have to run. Yeah, it was never funny, but nothing, nothing yeah. like that. Worst My, one I saw playing catch with a unopened bo- can of soda and just <laughs> threw it at a kid's head. Somebody did. That was not very bright, and it no. sounded like it hurt. Thunk. No. Thunk. Oh. Yeah, not yeah. good at all. Not good. 740. All right, we will take a break. We'll come back. Montrose boys basketball coach Ryan Voringer joins us next on the Jim Davis Show. I'm the morning guy. I have a Facebook group, 16 members. Some call it a fan page. I don't know. Oh, hell yeah. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Welcome back, Jim and the Buckeye Boy from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. We hope to uh, chat with Ryan Voringer, Montrose Boys basketball coach, coming up in just a little bit. We'll have Palisade at Montrose tomorrow night over on the Monkey, 95.7 for the Valley, 93.5 for Montrose. And uh, Montrose back into the the top 10, number 10 in the uh, – I got to get used to this – the class 5A. Yeah, it's so weird. Basketball poll. They're 5A. They don't play in the same league as Palisade, who's also 5A. It's it's really kind of a mess, to be honest. The 5A, 6A, 4A basketball deal. Yeah. And so we'll have it tomorrow night over on the Monkey. Uh, we'll have Colorado Mesa basketball here on the team. But um, we're hoping to also talk with Jake Higuera. The only 6A program. Uh-huh. Here on this yeah. side of the hill, See? See what I mean? Wildcats off to a great start. They have Glenwood Springs tonight, and then uh, we'll have coverage here on the team of their matchup with Palisade coming up on Tuesday at Fruita Monument. So, we talked about this earlier in the hour about the Broncos interviewing Jim Harbaugh, and they've also interviewed David Shaw, both former head coaches at Stanford. David Shaw was Jim Harbaugh's offensive coordinator mm-hmm. before Harbaugh left to to go coach the Niners in the NFL. Could you see that band, that duo, getting back together? Hall and Oates, Simon and Garfunkel. Could you see them get back together? Yeah, I don't. Re- I mean, I don't remember either way how their relationship was at Stanford. It seemed all right. You know what I mean? He he got the job. David Shaw did after Jim Harbaugh went across town to coach the Niners. So I just, I don't know how they even worked. I mean, I don't know whether they were that attached at the hip, right? You know, it's like, uh, Bill Belichick, he's got Charlie Weiss, Romeo Cornell. Those are his dudes. I don't ever remember hearing that necessarily about Harbaugh and Shaw because Shaw didn't go with him to the Niners. You know what I mean? Because I think the feeling was is that the, the Shaw was there waiting for his opportunity to be a head coach and and 
perhaps I mean if you're if you're David Shaw, okay, you can go coach in the league, which he had coached mm-hmm. in the league before as a right, you know, quality control guy, receivers coach, quarterbacks coach. That the opportunity to be a head coach though was there for him at Stanford, and you, you could understand why he'd say, "Hey, Jim, thanks, but no thanks. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to I want to stay here. I, I want this job. This is where I want to be." And, and so I could I could understand that you know why he would pass if and we don't know if Harbaugh offered him a job in San Francisco or not. I right maybe he did. Maybe it was already understood. David's been waiting for this opportunity, and I wish him the best, being the next coach of the Stanford Cardinal. So could that relationship perhaps be rekindled? It's a possibility. I'm just looking here to see. I don't really see anything that makes me go. I see an article where it's like they just don't, they just didn't get along. Right. Yeah, I, I've not been hated, able to see really. That they hated each other. One way or the other, right? I'm not able to. Okay, he described it as a roller coaster shot in working mm-hmm. for Harbaugh. Yeah. Here, okay, here's the quote. Yeah. My time with Jim. It's one of those things like when you step off a really good roller coaster, you're like, wow, that was exciting. That was scary. That was funny. You need to take a deep breath. That was what working with Jim was like. Each day there was going to be something new, something different, some things you're going to question what you do, some things you're going to reinforce, are going to reinforce what you do. The biggest thing I take, take from Jim is making sure you have a competitive environment every day or always competing every game against everybody. That's that, that's that mentality that I appreciate that I, that I took with me and made sure that that stayed when Jim left. We had different personalities. We do different things, but I always appreciated the competitive spirit that Jim brought every day. I mean, to me, that doesn't really sound like somebody that's itching to be his underling again. It's not damning, but it's not, man, I love working with that It's not a ringing guy. endorsement of, yeah, man, whatever you need, give me a call and I'm there. I, I take it somewhat neutral, though, too, that that there are things he enjoyed about working with Harbaugh and respected. Mm-hmm. But I tend to I tend to but be you can tell you. definitely that Jim Harbaugh's personality drove him a little nuts. Yeah. And could this time away from each other, could that have helped if mm-hmm. they decide to to work together again? Yeah, I, I don't yeah, I don't take it as a ring endorsement. Man, I'm I'm just if I don't get this job, right. boy, I'd love to work with Jim. You, I, I don't I don't yeah, I don't get that either. You know what it sounds like to me? Like the two were walking down a hallway facing each other. And instead of passing by and going, Hey, I'll see you in the meeting or what do you want to do about this? Blah blah blah, like David Shaw would want to do. Jim Harbaugh's the breakdown Oklahoma drill fake guy in the hallway. Always competing. Gives him a little shoulder into the wall. Ha ha, got you, buddy. Always competing. Be be t- stronger on your toes. That's what it strikes me as. You know what I mean? The guy in the hallway that is always competing, like he's going to go to the bathroom faster than you. He's going to get to his office faster than you can get to yours. His coffee is going to be hotter than yours. So like, he's always competing. You don't all, not every 100% part of your day has to be a competition. Here's some more from Shaw. This is on uh, Rich Eisen's show. I don't have a medical degree. I don't have a PhD in psychology or psychiatry 
Jim is out there. Jim is who he is. There's no hiding it. Everybody's seen it. He drives people. He pushes people. He's the most competitive person on the planet. It's just who he is. He's going to rub some people the wrong way. He's going to find a way to win football games because that's what he does. Some people are going to wear out being around him. Jim admits that himself. He has a tendency to wear people out at times. You get the good with the bad. and What you get from Jim is 100 miles an hour from day one. Yeah, he's definitely, my coffee is hotter than yours, guy. My milk is colder than yours. My khakis are khakier than yours. Former Niner Alex Boone. Everybody's got to compete. Yeah, didn't like the way Harbaugh pushed players and everyone around him in San Francisco. But even with Boone saying that, he admitted he never lost respect for Harbaugh as a coach. And he believes in the code Harbaugh lives by and preaches hard work, respect, and accountability. It, it sounds like it's it's somewhat of a mixed bag with him, right? That that he can be difficult. He can be exhausting. It sounds can, like he, everybody respects him and no one likes him. But isn't that kind of, the in some ways, the role of a coach? Kind of, yeah. You know, I, I, and maybe that's what the Broncos I don't care if you need like, right now. I don't care if you like me, but damn it, you better respect me. And, and maybe Shaw would be willing to sign up for that that tour of duty again. If he if he knows that it's at some point he'll be the head coach of the Broncos. Sometimes it is the devil you know. I, I don't know. I, from what I read there, I think Shaw would be really reluctant to do it. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say no way, no how. And we're talking about Harbaugh being the head coach because it's not going to work the other way around. Right. And and David Shaw being his offensive coordinator, a if role I'm, that he's held before. If I'm David Shaw and the prerequisite for me being the head coach of the Broncos is to serve as Jim Harbaugh's assistant again for four or five years, I'm out. Either hire me on my own merits now, or you know what? Call me back in five years. Don't make me go through this dog and pony show again. Exactly. Because that, to me, that's incredibly disrespectful to David Shaw as a coach to be like, hey, you'll be the head coach of the Broncos. Coach in waiting. In 2028 when Jim Harbaugh leaves again. It's like he's then at that point for the rest of his life, David Shaw is going to be Jim Harbaugh's caddy. Or does does Shaw view this as if he doesn't get that coaching job, but he still has NFL aspirations of, okay, I'll be the OC here for a while. I get this offense turned around. We win football games, and that that improves my my resume. That improves my stock in the league. There's no guarantee he will turn this offense. And I around. don't know. But I'm just Nathaniel Hackett was supposed to. I, I'm just saying that that could be part of the thought process here too for David Shaw of being willing right. to work with a Jim Harbaugh. That hey, we get this thing turned around, my stock improves, and then. Make opens more mm-hmm. paths for him to be a head coach in the league. I just there, there are other places he could do that without having to, for the second time in his career, be yeah. the same guy's underling. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you that I, you know, reading the David Shaw comments because when I came up with that, it was just kind mm-hmm. of, hey, what if they decided to work together again? It doesn't sound. I wouldn't say it's a hard no, right? But it doesn't sound very likely. No, it's it's not like a band where, you know, one guy is the front man and everybody else kind of plays their role. 
David Shaw, if he wants to be a head coach, why would he stand in line behind Jim Harbaugh again when he's already been at the front of the line? Exactly. Yeah. And and he may And if say, you have to stand in line behind somebody, at least change your view, maybe. Get a different back to look at as opposed to Jim Harbaugh. And, and, and Shaw could very well say, Yeah, thanks, but no thanks. I'm I'm good. Mm-hmm. So Shaw went ninety six and fifty four at Stanford. Cardinal had back to back three and nine seasons, and they went fourteen and twenty eight since twenty nineteen. Did not finish strong at Stanford. No, no, not at all. All right. So some thoughts. We, we talked about Jim Caldwell interviewing with the Broncos yesterday. We'll have uh, some of the sound from Cody Rourke talking about that. And um, we had Cody on the show yesterday, and so uh, next hour we'll have that. We'll also play the Piles' favorite game on a Thursday, which is. We still hope to get uh, Ryan Voringer maybe on the program some point this morning. Fortunately, unable to to reach him here this hour. Hopefully, uh, later on this morning. Text or call us 970-242-1340. The Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line. Jim and the Buckeye Boy today. And uh, also next hour, we'll have our Scotty's Complete Car Care Center Prep Athlete of the Week. That's heading your way at 840 uh, next hour on the program. So text or call us once again. Reach out to us, 970 242-1340, The Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network or online 